welcome to this edition of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Each and every Sunday we get together, we talk about the news of the week, the events of our lives, and we do so in an entertaining, informative, and unique fashion. And, of course, it wouldn't be the John and Leah Show without Leah Brandon. Leah Brandon, how are you this evening? <laughs> I'm okay. How are you doing? Uh, I've been sick for the last two shows, and as you can already tell from my voice, I am sick again for this particular show, our last of 2015. But I'm a big game player, so I will uh, trudge on, and we will make sure this is the best radio show we can possibly do under the circumstances. It's been very weird. I, I usually do not get uh, sick for this long a period of time. Uh, and it's it's not that bad. It's just it's just a real aggravation, and I can't shake it. You and need it, you need some antibiotics. You haven't been to the doctor. You're so such a man. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, look, you just need to take some pills, and you'll you'll be good. I am a man, and I don't like going to the doctor. Uh, you're right about that. Yeah. Um, now, here's what's going to happen on this uh, the last show for 2015. About the second half of the show is going to be. A year in review. Uh, we're going to mm-hmm. do a, a couple of different things regarding the year in review. You're going to have your list uh, of the top 10 craziest stories of the year. I'll have my list. We'll do some personal reflections and uh, maybe a little bit of looking ahead uh, to the next year and also uh, to the college football playoffs, which I know where you are in Birmingham, Alabama, is going to be a big deal uh, in this coming week. Uh, but we'll do that in the second half of the show. Uh, we're going to start. We'll also do our weekly look at the race for the White House 2016, because even though this was a holiday week, obviously, uh, a couple of interesting things happened there. Uh, But we're going to start with, of course, the fact that this was Christmas week. Uh, Would you have a good Christmas, Leah? Uh, It was all right. Just all right. Okay. (laughs) That's an honest answer. It was like any other day. Uh, I had lots of work to do. My car blew up. My air conditioning went out. I mean, it was just that type of a holiday. That's not a very good Christmas then. Well, you know, it's Wednesday in my life. Okay. Well, actually, I think it was Friday, but that's okay. Um, All right. Well, obviously, in a Ziegler household, uh, this was a big Christmas because, you know, if you were with us last week, we probably had our most talked about segment we've ever done in the history of the John and Leah show because I had my daughter, Grace, my three-year-old daughter, join us in studio Uh, to talk a little bit about the fact that this was obviously a huge week for her, being a three-year-old and Christmas and being as hyped up as you can possibly get. Oh, Uh, yes. You know, it's it's, and it really is. I mean, for better or for worse, uh, when you're three years old, uh, you know, you obviously haven't lived very long. The Christmas preparations now basically start after Halloween. So it's almost a two-month season now. It's a buildup. Right. And when you're three years old, two months is your entire known existence. I mean, it's a lifetime. <laughs> it's a lifetime. So there's a huge, I mean, it's bigger than the Super Bowl uh, type of buildup for a, for a three year old. And she came in uh, the studio. And I, if you haven't had a chance to listen or watch it, I urge you to do so. You can go to our website, www.freespeechbroadcasting.com, and check out the podcast. Uh, she was the first segment of last week's first hour, and um, you know, obviously, I'm not objective being her dad, but I thought she did a great job. Most people thought she did a great job. No, she uh, was just adorable. I actually just saw it right before we went on the air. Yeah, there's also a video of her appearance in studio, which you can find on YouTube. Uh, just you know, type in Grace Ziegler, John, and Leah, and uh, you'll be able to actually see the video of Grace 
and her uh, broadcasting debut on the John and Leah show last week. Now, of course, since she's three, it was interesting because she did a really good job talking about Christmas and a bunch of other things. And, you know, I, I would have uh, she did at least as well, if not better than what I expected. And I have pretty high expectations, of course, being her dad. I'll beg. Um, <laughs> but what was interesting <laughs> was to find out what her analysis of the her radio broadcasting debut was afterwards. Oh, how uh, did she think she did? Well, yeah. Well, what was the highlight? What was what was the most memorable parts of it? So, <laughs> okay. So remember, she's three years old. So I say the next day, I said, "So, did you have fun on the radio?" She says, "Yeah, was, you know, she had fun." I, she's so. What were the best parts? Well, the first best part was getting to hear Captain Jack, as she puts it. That's our. Oh th- yeah, yeah, yeah. The our, theme song. The theme song at the top of the hour is from Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, with Captain Jack Sparrow, and that's and she. I mean, she immediately, because she's a Disney freak, uh, you know, that's Captain Jack. In fact, I thought funny. I thought when we started the show, that was going to be the biggest problem, that she was going to freak out when she heard Captain Jack. But she didn't. Nope. She, I, nope. told, I said, look, you got to be quiet, even though we're going to hear Ch- Captain Jack here. So the first highlight was hearing Captain Jack. The second highlight, she said, I said, what did you really like about it? She says, I liked being able to run around in the studio without my shoes. <laughs> that, that was that was the, that was the second thing. I said, really? So so Captain Jack and running around in the studio without any shoes. Was there anything else that you you thought was really great? She goes, Yeah. I said, Well, what's that? She goes, I pooped. Yeah. I, I see you. What? Yeah. I pooped in the toilet. She so apparently, which I didn't know. Apparently, just before broadcast, she and her mom <laughs> went into the the toilet here in the studio and made it's it. nerves. And it was well, no. A poop apparently is still worthy of mention, uh, even when you're three and a half years old, and way bigger deal, way bigger deal than you're making your broadcasting debut on That's the funny. on the John and Leah show. Now, uh, when we come back, I do want to talk a little about a little bit about uh, how Christmas went um, in general, and for her specifically. We'll and we'll play a little audio clip, which you and I may have a little discussion about regarding <laughs> um, my daughter Grace and um, what we had her do in an effort to say goodbye to Christmas. So we'll get to that when we come back on the John and Leah show right here on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler, and I certainly do not feel like Superman as I'm under the weather for the third consecutive week here on the John and Leah Show. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Yes. And uh, before we get to the news of the week, Leah, I do want to share a few thoughts about uh, Christmas. Um, Not just because I have a a three-year-old daughter who uh, hopefully people uh, met on the air for the first time last week. Uh, but also because you know, I'm a big believer that we all now share so little in common that the things that we do basically still share in common become even more important. Uh, like, for instance, the Super Bowl or Christmas or things like that. Um, and I do think, correct me if you think I'm wrong, that you know we're in a desperate search for meaning and something special in our society. And that in this desperate search to create something special, we have understandably, but I think short-sightedly, thought, 
okay, if something is good, let's get more of it. Thinking, oh, absolutely. Thinking more of it will be better. And it's not. And usually it doesn't work that way. Oftentimes less is more. And I think Christmas certainly falls into that category. Uh, you know, we, we now, as I referenced in the first segment, we now basically do Christmas for two months. Yeah. Christmas used to be 25 days or whatever it was. You know, you could argue over what the time period was. But but now it's basically two months. And when, with regard to most kids, the level of uh, the level that we spoil them it's is, ridiculous. is absurd. And counter- Every moment is celebrated. These huge birthday parties for a one-year-old. You know, that's true. It's insanity. You know what? Birthday parties are probably worse God. than Christmas. Man, they, they really are. You know, but you, but they, they're, they're related because when, <laughs> when a kid is used, here's what happens. And this goes exactly what we were just talking about where, you know, the whole concept of more is better. What, what, when a kid spends, you know, let's say a uh, a kid that's four, five, six years old goes to a birthday party once a month, maybe more, and and everybody gets inundated with gifts. By the way, even the people that go to the birthday parties now get gifts. Uh, I don't know if you oh. knew that. I don't know if you knew that or not. I, no. uh, by the time you get to Christmas, in order for Christmas to make an impact, you got to really load up on the gifts now. Oh my uh, goodness! And so, anyway, without getting too far afield here, um, you know. When my wife and I obviously had a kid at an older age. I'm 48, and you know we have got this three-year-old, very well maybe the only child we ever have. And Christmas, with regard to the magic era of Christmas, the Santa Claus era of Christmas, which is shrinking in my view because kids are figuring this out faster from, oh, what, yeah. from what I can tell. So it's basically like – here's the analogy I use. It's like – uh, the career of an NFL running back. You know, it's basically maybe six, seven years. But even within that six, seven years, you really only have three or four prime years because right. you're cause your first year you're trying to figure it out, and the last couple of years you're just hanging on. And <laughs> you know, in the last year you might even be faking it, or they're faking it. Um, I mean, that's basically it's very similar if you think about it in, that, in those terms. And so. With Grace now being a pretty advanced three and a half, this was really her first prime year for Christmas. Yeah. And so we really, you know, I, I felt some pressure to make sure it was as cool as could possibly be. And, you know, I think she had a great Christmas. You know, she mentioned a couple times on the show last week that she really wanted her Doc McStuffins mobile cart. And she ended up getting the Doc McStuffins mobile cart. which she Really? Had, I know, shocking. But, but here's the interesting thing. So she's been asking for this literally for 10 months. Mm-hmm. I mean, constantly for 10 months. She finally opens the thing, and it's like, oh, yeah, great, thanks, cool, let's move on. I mean, hold on a second. It wasn't that she didn't want it because she's been playing with it for the last three days. No, she knew she was going to get it. it. I felt it was very uh, Donald Trumpish. Like, mm-hmm. you know, act like you've been in the end zone before uh, because you expect to be in the end zone and you expect yeah. you you knew you were a good girl and you're expecting to get the Doc McStuffins mobile cart. And, uh, you know, if you didn't get it, that would be a complete catastrophe. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, but of course I got the Doc McStuffins uh, mobile cart because I'm a good girl and good things happen to me because I'm Grace Ziegler. So um, that was a little odd. And we didn't do a very good job of presentation because the 
the cart came in a in a box that she couldn't immediately tell what it was. Uh, but that was a rookie mistake on our part. But anyway, the, the point here is, overall, Christmas was really good. Um, That's good. That was, it was really good. But there's a downside to all this buildup. And that is, how do you let the kid down from this? Because for a, you know, a large part of their life now, this is what we've been doing. We've been going to see the Christmas lights almost every night. Where there's a, a neighborhood where we live that does them up real big. Uh, you know, there's been anticipation of Santa Claus. Santa Claus watching the Christmas specials almost every day. All this buildup. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's over. And that's difficult, especially for a little kid. Now, I've mentioned on the air before that we do this thing, and I'm not sure why we do it. We just, for some reason, we got into it. A lot of people think this is controversial because they think it's kind of like spying. Uh, But we do this elf on the shelf deal where we have this little doll elf every day in a different spot uh, who is Santa's spy to make sure that she's being good. Now, it doesn't really work because, you know, she she wasn't that good. Uh, But she does love the elf. I mean, Eli was her elf. And she loves this elf. I mean, it's like her best friend. Every morning, she would, everything. She, every morning, she'd wake up. Where's Eli? Oh my God, Daddy! Look, where's her, here's Eli. Eli's here. Eli's there. So on Christmas Eve, we put Eli in the um, in the fireplace to make sure that you know the chimney was safe for Santa to come down. Um, but we also had to tell Grace that he wasn't coming back on Christmas. That it's over. He's he's going back to the North Pole. He's gone till next year. And she, we were trying to explain this to her for a couple of days, and she said she wanted to say goodbye to Eli. So we had her say goodbye to Eli. She's sitting in front of the, of the fireplace, and um, the audio might not do it justice, but you said we should play the audio. It's also on YouTube uh, if you want to see the video, which oh, is precious. Oh, the audio does it justice. All right, so here, here is Grace saying goodbye on Christmas Eve to her elf on the shelf, Eli. Say goodbye, Eli. What do you want to say to him? I miss you. And what else? You don't know, but you love him? Why don't you wish him a Merry Christmas? And I'll see you again soon. Why don't you give him a hug? Yes, you don't he want to touch magic. him? Right. He has magic. I don't... You don't want to touch him? No, I don't want to touch him. Okay. All right. Say bye. Say I love you, Eli. I love you, Eli. <laughs> All right, now I laugh, but obviously that was a very poignant moment. I should have explained the whole thing about the touching. It, we, we told her not to touch him because if, he, if she touches him, he loses his magic. Oh. But we were giving her permission to touch him because it was, you know, the last time for the year. She didn't want to chance it. She's so, a rule follower. She, she needs the magic. Actually, she's not a rule follower at all. But I thought it was kind of brilliant that she decided. <laughs> I was very, very proud of how she handled that whole situation. <laughs> but the video, I think, is better. If you want to check that out, go to YouTube and just put in Grace Ziegler Elf. And... Uh, You'll get, uh, wow. Yeah, she's now traumatized for life. And she's... I have some thoughts on this, and so we'll get into it in a second. All right. Well, we'll revisit <laughs> when we come back on the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network.
Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. Before we go to our weekly look at the race for the White House 2016, which I anticipate us getting to in the next segment, uh, Lee, I did want to give you an opportunity to chime in on the uh, audio clip that we played in the last segment from my three-year-old daughter, Grace, who made her broadcast debut on this program last week and who uh, we had say goodbye to her elf on a shelf on Christmas Eve <laughs> in what you described as a traumatizing event. Uh, and I'm sensing that you thought was uh, ill-advised on our part, uh, but you no, tell me. No, look, I, I don't have children. Uh, I just know that when I was a child, this event would have traumatized me for life uh, because, you know, at that age, for me, it would be better for Eli just to be gone with Santa. Well, you know, Santa but, comes in, but so instead of saying it's time to say goodbye and putting her through the trauma because I felt so bad for her. Well, she, um, well, she handled it fantastically, I thought. I mean, I was really super proud of her. Uh, and if you see the video, I think it's even more interesting than the audio because did you notice that she's like walking away as she says goodbye? Like she just wants out of this. Exactly. So, so, so she she but but what I found was the most interesting part was she had said numerous times during the the month of e, of Christmas of Eli uh, that she had wanted to give him a hug or to touch him and we no you can't do that and the reason why we can't do that is because if she touches him then she's gonna figure out he's not real all right there's no magic there as she likes to say uh, so so we don't let her let her touch him. And we gave her the opportunity to touch him to say goodbye, and she didn't want any part of that because she didn't want to ruin his magic. And yeah. and here's what I here's how I handle it. And I understand where you're coming from, by the way, because but this is one of those situations where you have to look. You can't look at this in a vacuum. You have to look at it as okay, what's the other alternative scenario? And I'm not sure there's a better scenario because if you just had Eli disappear without, you know, any fanfare or any closure. Any no, no, no. It would be, remember, Grace, when Santa comes, Eli's going with him. Okay, but. They have their adventure, so uh, right, just remember. Right, but, but. to have to physically say goodbye, I don't know. Well, it's well, just like but, a sense of loss. But hold on a second. This is, I'm glad you're raising this because this is important. Number one. I understand why you think that, but what you're not realizing, because you couldn't realize it, is that almost every single day, Eli goes away during the day, and she will come back oftentimes and goes, oh, Eli left for the day, you know, or whatever. And so she's constantly saying hello and goodbye to Eli. It would be weird if, if all of a sudden, you know, after a month of this, there was no goodbye. But more importantly, here's how I handled this, Okay. You probably remember that one of my favorite movies from this year, year was the animated film Inside Out. Okay? Correct. Now, in, in Inside Out, for those who have seen it or haven't seen it, uh, it's a very it's an animated film. It's very well done. It's about the way the mind works. And the theme of the movie is that joy and sadness can sometimes be combined or, or sometimes have to be combined. And well, the way that I couched this towards her... 
because, of course, she's already saying, I miss Eli, I miss Eli. What I said to her is, Grace, it's good that you miss Eli, because if you don't miss Eli anymore, the his magic is gone, which, by the way, is true, right? I mean, that, that is true. That that's what's going to happen here eventually. Like whether puff it's, the magic dragon, right? It's, it's, well, it's not that, really, but <laughs> well, since that was about marijuana. But, but, but by the way, my second grade Catholic school class used to sing "Puff the Magic Dragon" to start every single day. Second grade Catholic school, having no idea it was about marijuana. But listen, I didn't know it was about marijuana for years and years. I'm telling you, that song made me cry. Oh, it's a great, but it actually is similar to the non-marijuana. Uh, interpretation of Puff the Magic Dragon. You're right, where you know Puff loses his mighty roar once you yeah. stop believing in him. Well, exactly. It, so the moment that Grace stops missing Eli, the magic's gone. Correct. And and so the sadness of saying goodbye to him is mixed with the joy of, isn't it going to be special when he comes back in 11 months? You follow okay. me? Yeah, so, yeah, no, I, I totally get it. I totally get it. I just, you know what? I am overly sensitive to, because I'm like, that girl is going to have life just kick her. What are you and talking so about? And so let's not start at three, because everyone goes through it. Life is hard. Yeah. So do we have to start at three? <laughs> well, I, I like the fact that she h- handles adversity, you know, and prosperity. She handled getting the gifts that she wanted uh, like it was no big deal. Of course, I'm. It was very Trumpian. Um, uh, so that you know, if you can handle prosperity and adversity, that's a pretty good start in life. Uh, she's not that great at do, you know doing the middling stuff. She gets bored easily and can be a brat. But I guess that's kind of normal for a three-year-old. But look, I understand why. It's very easy to look at it and go, well, wait a minute. You have to do it this way. And frankly, I. Eli doesn't even do the main job that Eli's supposed to do. It, Keep an eye on her? No, no. The main thing that Eli's supposed to do is that during that one month, you, you, you would think you don't have to worry about her acting up because you just go, well, Eli's watching. He's going to tell Santa if you're on the naughty list. It doesn't work. At least not with my daughter because she's so damn confident she's on the good list. It does, she's like, naughty list, please. Give me a break. <laughs> like, I'm going to be on the naughty list. Come on, people. You know, who do you think I am? I mean, that's, that's basically her attitude. I mean, there's almost no impact at all. Um, so That's uh, funny. Well, it is funny. But it, it was also poignant to see her do that. But I, I actually thought it was the right way to handle it. And, you know, when we started this season, she was very skeptical of Eli. I mentioned this on the air. Remember the first time she saw him after 11 months? She said to her mommy, she said, I think he's fake. And, uh, yeah, and we were, oh, yeah, and, and we, you were worried. We thought, oh my gosh, this thing's going to blow up this year, and then she bought in, and so now, based upon you know the clip that we played, pretty sure Eli will make it to next year. But after that, who knows? I mean, it's a, it's a you know you're on a year to year basis with this kind of stuff, and well, th- these kids figure this stuff out so fast now. Uh, oh yeah, and, and, and the other thing that I would just say that I've just kind of noticed, uh, maybe it's because I'm in Alabama now. But what I have noticed is, uh, you know, when you and I were kids, what did we do at midnight on Christmas Eve? I was asleep. I don't know about you. but You didn't go to midnight mass? Um, I went to midnight mass a couple of times, yes. 
But okay, uh, well, my family, we always went to midnight mass. Okay. Uh, you know, and so, and that was the thing. And it was more not about all about gifts and Christmas oh, and lights and well, this that, and that. That's and a, it's it's just not the same anymore. I agree with you on that, and that's a slightly different issue. I, I agree. Correct. And we, and we try very hard not to overdo it with the gifts. She only got a couple of things from Santa, the big things, a couple, you know, one big gift from Grandma and, and Grandpa and... And for mom and dad. I mean, so you know, we try to limit that as much as possible. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, that's how we started the program. I think we're doing this in all aspects of life. I mean, it's a weird analogy. Yeah. Weird analogy, but since it's the same time of year, I think it's, it's very relevant. Look what we did to the college bowl system. I mean, college, <laughs> college bowls used to be super cool and special. And when there were 10 or 12 of them, it was awesome. So someone decided it would be a good idea to have 41 of them. That's well, right. Now they all suck. You suck the specialness out of all of it. Well, yep. you know, we're doing the same kind of thing to Christmas, and we're basically making it almost impossible for parents to make it special. In order to make it special, they have to have this orgy. And, and you know, it's almost impossible for a young kid not to have a meltdown during all that. Uh, but that's a separate issue. And anyway, bottom line was it was not perfect. We could have we have a couple more years of prime Christmas years where maybe we can get it exactly right. But I thought we did a pretty good job. And, and I hope, look, if everyone had as good a Christmas as Grace, it'd be a great life. Uh, oh, yeah, for so, sure. So she, no she, question. She, she had a great Christmas. All right. Uh, when we come back, uh, take a look at the race for the White House 2016, our weekly segment on the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. She does the program from Birmingham, Alabama, where people care about uh, their guns, Jesus, and college football. I do it from just north of Los Angeles, where people barely even care about themselves. And each week on this program, we do a segment we call the Race to the White House 2016 and on the Republican side, that usually means what crazy stuff did Donald Trump say this week? Yes. And uh, this week was no exception, even though it's a holiday week that did not stop Donald Trump <laughs> from breaking new ground when it came to verbiage from a major presidential candidate. <laughs> That's correct, because on the heels of the frenzy over all Muslims to be banned from coming to the U.S., at a rally, Donald Trump said something about Hillary that started it all over again. The mainstream media joined in with the same headline, Donald Trump makes vulgar remark about Hillary Clinton. Here it is. Hillary, that's not a president. That's not, she's not taking us to, everything that's been involved in Hillary has been losses. You take a look, even a race to Obama, she was going to beat Obama. I don't know who'd be worse. I don't know. How does it get worse? But she was going to beat, she was favored to win, and she got schlunged. She lost. I mean, she lost. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, uh, that was called not only vulgar, but racist. On MSNBC. What we're going to see and what we got a taste of last night was the misogynistic attacks on Hillary Clinton, which also had a racial appeal as well. Uh, the, the idea of a, a black rapist uh, basically using 
the schlong to defeat Hillary. I mean, I think that's what that really was about. Do you think that there is a deeply right. racial, yes. racial animus yes. And, yes. And, and the crowd violence loved it? Of Oh my gosh! I, mean, I hadn't heard that. That's that's flipping hilarious for even for MSNBC standards. That's just that's rich. Okay. So Donald Trump actually sent out a tweet, and he said, uh, "When I said that Hillary Clinton got schlonged by Obama, it meant got beaten badly. The media knows this. Often used word in politics." All right. Now here's the thing. Um, there's there's several interesting aspects to this, other than the fact that we now have presidential <laughs> candidates, leading presidential candidates, using the term "slonged." Um, I, I I actually if if let me back up a second. All right, before I, um, since I'm having trouble verbalizing uh, my thoughts here, let's go back up. If Trump had not had several other episodes where he appeared to go over the line and then pretended that he didn't really mean it. Like, for instance, the Megyn Kelly thing where, mm. the, where the blood and all that. If that hadn't happened, I think it would be easier to give him the benefit of the doubt on Schlong. Although, I actually think, gun to my head, he didn't mean penis. I don't think he did. Uh, if you, In fact, there, someone went back and found evidence that he used the very same term many years ago. In a, in, a, in a context that had nothing to do with penis. And then other people had used the term schlonged to mean, as he says, beaten and not somehow having anything to do with penis or rape. Uh, so, I, uh, well, I can't even believe we're talking about this, but we are. Okay, look, when I heard it, right? first thing was, up, oh, you know, uh, Hillary got screwed. Well, I... See, not, not literally, Well, see, that's but... The, I agree. That's the second aspect of this. And and, and I have a, a very personal connection to this, not because of the term schlonged, but because, you know, I did a movie called Media Malpractice, how Obama got elected and Palin was targeted. About mm-hmm. a third of the movie, and the very first thing I mentioned to Matt Lauer when I debuted the film on the Today Show, is that it was Hillary who got screwed by the news media. There you go. In that 2008 primary. and And I think that's what he meant. I wasn't even. Oh, sh- me too. I don't even think he really meant beaten by Obama. I mean, anybody who looked at that race remotely objectively, basically, here's what happened. If you break that 2008 primary down into the Reader's Digest version, is that the news media didn't realize that they could convince the public to go with their new love, and they dumped their old love lickety split. They decided. They decided, Hillary, your old news. You know, you, we've we've had you for years. We're done with you. This new young hot guy. That's our true love now. And that's what happened. And that's how she lost. And by the way, for the record, most people would have no idea this is the case, but Hillary Clinton got more votes than Barack Obama in the 2008 Democratic primary. I don't know if you know mm-hmm. that or not, but she did. And if it had not been for Barack Obama having unprecedented media cheerleading on his side, not only would he not have won the nomination, there's no doubt in my mind the thing would have gone to the convention because they what had happened in Florida and Michigan, I mean, it, it is amazing. She got screwed by what they did with the Florida Michigan. She got Michigan. schlonged. She got schlonged, yes. So Trump is exactly right. 
Yep. In, in, whether what term you want to use, whether it's screwed, schlonged, whatever. Now, the idea that somehow this was vulgar <laughs> and is, is absurd. Even more absurd is the notion that it was a negative towards Hillary. It was not meant as a negative comment towards Hillary at all. If anything, I interpreted it as uh, almost defensive of her. Like exactly. She, she, as you said, she got screwed. I think that's the right way to look at this. You, you take the word schlong and you replaced it with screwed, mm-hmm. and it makes perfect sense within the context. The idea, though, that the nut job liberals at MSNBC, they think schlonged, they think penis, Black man, big penis, uh, <laughs> rapist. Ra- ra- it's ra- like, wow, but you are so racist to even think that. Thank you. That's my whole point. There is, you have to be, by your own definition, racist to think that this was somehow an allusion to Barack Obama using his big black penis to rape Hillary Clinton. But I mean, that's you. That's what you have to think. <laughs> I mean, that's what you have to think. It's so insane. But that's how these liberal nut jobs work. And so, anyway, um, (laughs) we're breaking new ground on this campaign. (laughs) That's for damn sure. Uh, And Trump, (laughs) Trump continues to dominate the polls on the GOP side. And he continues to get shellacked. By Hillary on the head that, or schlonged, he <laughs> continues to get schlonged on by Hillary on the head-to-head polls, and it's very, very obvious to me that he would be the worst possible candidate if the the uh, purpose here is to beat Hillary Clinton. Apparently, that's not the purpose anymore. Apparently, the purpose of the GOP primary race is to create ratings for the conservative media. And to make conservative voters feel better about having a temper tantrum against the GOP establishment. That apparently, that's probably what it is. That's apparently what this entire purpose is all about. Yeah. Um, now, I'm very interested to hear your thoughts, Leah. And we've not even mentioned this uh, off the air or even in emails pre- preparing for the show. But what do you make of your guy, Trey Gowdy, apparently getting ready to endorse Marco Rubio? Oh, my gosh. Tell me. It just makes me. It just makes me sick. Now, why does it make you sick? I I tell you why. Because Marco Rubio is yet another. Look, you know what my number one issue is. Immigration. And stop importing foreign workers to come here and steal our jobs. We already know Disney's just one example. They had to train the people who were coming in to steal their jobs. Stop it. Marco Rubio wants to send that number to the moon. More people coming in. I I am not a Marco Rubio fan just because of that. Uh, And so if Trey Gowdy is okay with, you know, bringing in foreign workers and this whole Gang of Eight deal, then Trey Gowdy, dead to me. See, that's fascinating. Now, why did it never occur to you that instead of Trey Gowdy, who you've been a huge fan of, being dead to you, why did it never occur to you that, wait a minute, maybe Trey Gowdy knows something I don't know, and therefore maybe I should take a second look at Marco no. Rubio. Why Why no. did that? I mean, why, you, why? how did you go from being a huge fan of Trey Gowdy to not even believing that his endorsement for president is worth you giving Marco Rubio a second look? All right, well, look, I have really loved Trey Gowdy in the past. However— You've been in love with him. <laughs> love yeah. with him. What has he ever gotten done? Oh, so now you, so wait a minute. You're so against Marco Rubio that you've decided 
that it be, no, because Trey I'm Gowdy looking is, at Trey Gowdy. When Trey Gowdy goes to endorse him, it makes me take a second look at Trey Gowdy and go, okay, wait a minute, Trey Gowdy. Let me look at you. Yeah, you talk a great game. Uh, you know, everybody wanted, well, some people wanted him to run for speaker. He was not interested. Uh, but how much really has he gotten done in all wow. of these hearings? I'm not sure. Wow. We're being swonged this is the, this is the by first. the establishment. <laughs> this is the first time you've ever said a negative word about Trey Gowdy. I'm fascinated well. by this. We may have to revisit this a little bit. Now we're number two <laughs> of the John and Leah show, which is coming up next on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. 